Greetings. Welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. This is your host, Deirdre Simmons. Thank you for joining us this evening. As I share tonight's episode, it was one of the most challenging interviews yet. A Mother's Love Never Dies is a tribute to my own mother, Sandra Thomas Boswell Richardson, who departed this life on August 10th, 2013. As I'm accompanied by my guests, my sisters, Tanya, Kiana, and Laura, our discussion is very candid, full of laughter, smiles, even fighting some tears. But providing you with insight on not just our loss, but a reflection of the love that we were given at her knee. We will share our fondest memories, life lessons, coping skills, as well as our triumphs. And although we do not proclaim to be experts on the topic of grief or loss, we have lived it. So we do offer you our experience and a glimpse into the nurturing, guidance, and undying love that we were given and that we still hold on to today with the hope that this information, you can share it and apply it to your own life as well as with those that are around you. So I welcome you to listen with your heart to a portion of the life of Sandra Thomas Boswell Richardson. And remember, a mother's love never dies. There's a poem by Linda Ellis called The Dash. The Dash represents the date from when we are born until we are no longer physically here. In that dash describes how we lived and how we loved while we were here on earth. In this episode, we will discuss a portion of the dash of Sandra Thomas Boswell Richardson. She was a daughter, a sister, a playwright, an actress, an educator, a caring counselor, a devoted friend, a confidant, a cousin, a mentor, a role model, some would even say maybe a comedian, a child of the king, a grandmother, and her most prominent role was as a mother. Tonight, I have three very special guests with me. Oftentimes, we're called or referred to as Sandy's Girls. We've even identified ourselves as Sandy's Girls 1, 2, 3, and 4. I'd like to welcome to Sippin' Tea with D, my sisters, Tanya, Kiana, and Laura. Welcome, ladies. How are you this evening? I'm oh, wonderful. Hi, I'm good. Awesome, awesome. So as all of my guests, I'm going to have to ask you that question um, here at Sipping Tea with D. I always ask, what are you drinking tonight? For me, I have uh, some organic peppermint tea. Uh, it's really good, wow. really good, nice and refreshing. So um, starting with you, Tanya, Sandy's Girl 2, what are you drinking? I'm drinking ginger honey tea. 
I love it. That's like my favorite tea ever. I love yeah. it too. Yeah, that's actually my one of my favorites as well. And what about you, Kiana? I have lemon ginger tea. Oh my God, twenty me too. Oh wow. Awesome. 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 How awesome. cool is that? <laughs> so we got honey ginger, then we got lemon and ginger. Awesome. Awesome. So ladies, thank you for joining me here this evening. Um, we're coming upon the seventh anniversary um, of our mother's passing. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of challenges as well as a lot of triumphs, um, I would also say in the last seven years. But I wanted to um, share our experiences uh, with my listeners because uh, grief is such a tricky thing. And oftentimes people feel like uh, when they're in that stage or in that period that they don't have anywhere to go. Um, and I want to let people know that it's okay to grieve, that uh, grieving can uh, birth so many things, both, uh, you know, uh, positive, not just negative. Um, so I just wanted to share our experiences and also um, honor uh, our mother, uh, who we've learned uh, very, uh, we didn't know it before, we certainly have learned uh, that she was not just important and an intricate part of our lives, but uh, as well as the lives of other people around her. So I want to first start off talking about one of your fondest memories of mom like you know something that kind of stands out to you or something that you know uh, you think about often when you think of her uh, that puts a smile on your face I'm going to start with you Laura give me a fondest memory that you have of mom so um let's see where do I start I remember one day um she basically said um, how I was her favorite. <laughs> oh my! She God. said, <laughs> like, "I'm serious. I'm serious." She said, "Listen, you don't have to tell anybody. Your secret is safe with me. Um, you know, you are really, really a perfect child." And I said, "Oh my God! I would never tell anyone." I think but I think you're gonna get a visit tonight. I don't know about that story. Uh, no, she could stay with Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I remember um, for her 60th birthday, mm -hmm. you guys did not tell me about it. It was a surprise party. You guys didn't tell me about it because I felt that, um, you know, she needed to know. But she always was surprised. You know, well, she, you guys thought she was surprised and I always said, silly dummies. So basically, basically, you're actually revealing that you just have a big mouth and you can't keep a secret. That's what it sounds like to me. No, it depends on the situation. Now, I don't tell people business now. Okay. But okay. I definitely <laughs> had to tell her about the fur coat and hat. It's just like, Mom, oh, my God, don't say anything. But she already knew when I said, well, you want the tea? And she's like, what? You talk too much. But now I say, never mind. You don't want to hear it. She's like, go ahead. Go ahead. You already said it now. So then when I tell her, and then you guys come around, she's like, oh, wow. And it's just like, dummies, I already told her. But oh we'll, we'll you know, do a high five when you guys leave or, you know, aren't around when you talk about it later. She's like, you just talk too much. I just can't. But it was amazing that you guys uh, threw our 60th birthday party. I didn't know it's the morning of because, of course, I would have told her. Mm -hmm. And 
she and I were both surprised. Like it was mine, you know. But um, <laughs> I just oh thought it was like a small gathering. I thought, you know, she knew about it. And when she came in and y'all said surprise, I said, wait a minute, who said surprise? <laughs> I didn't know we were supposed to say. I just thought that it was a, a dinner for a few people, but it turned out to be very nice. And honestly, mommy and I were both surprised. Oh, but yes, I I'm, I'm I was the one. Yeah, but yeah, I was the one who always told her everything you guys did. You know, whether it was the um, gifts, trips, anything, I always had to tell her. That's why I was her favorite. Oh goodness! Well, Kiana, please, please share one of your fondest memories. She's thinking. Me- well, while Kiana contemplates over that, we're gonna go with Tanya. Tanya, <laughs> share your share your fondest memory. My fondest memories is that um, I have three children, and she was actually there for all three births. So wow. that was definitely my fondest memory, and um, she always made it a point <laughs> to make sure that she was there. Even mm-hmm. um, I remember when I had. Ryan, which is my second oldest, and she was at work and she made sure she left work and she already told them that she may or may not be back to work the next day because she had to be there during labor, during delivery. And um, yeah, she was just always there. Okay. Okay. Always there. So that was my fondest memory. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I know um, my fondest memory uh came um much uh came later on um you know uh mommy and I had gone to um I wanted well one of the things that I I was loved that I was able to share with her was the fact that um from the time I can remember you know she was a member of uh a sorority uh, she was a member of, of of a sorority, and I had always watched that, and I'd always watch, you know, all the work that she had done with the sorority and the participation. So I had always um, wanted to follow in her footsteps in that manner. And one of my fondest memories is um, the day that she and I was were able to share that. Uh, we're both members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and I was just really, really happy to share that with her um, because I had watched at her knee for so many years, and I remember participating in some of uh, the volunteer initiatives and watching her prepare for things. So that was actually um, something that I was really, really uh, glad that we were able to share together and go to. Um, we even went to a, uh, some conventions and things together. So she was always like my roommate or whatever. And uh, I, I really remember uh, those were some special times that we were able to share. So, um, you know, just thinking back on that, um, you know, talking about fondest memories. And I'm sure, you know, if we, if we you know, think about it, we could probably think about so many other ones. Uh, so many other moments that we've shared with mommy, but um, definitely, uh, you know, those were those stand out. Um, the funny thing is, uh, you know, everyone, you know, every every mother and every child uh, gets 
what they call life lessons, you know, from their mom. <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and there's, there's always, you know, you, 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 you know, you watch your mother and, you know, you try to follow by example, but mothers are always throwing out nuggets of wisdom and direction and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some uh, life lessons that uh, you can remember that you learned from mommy? What's a life lesson that you learned from her that you can think of? Uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with, let's start with Kiana talking about a life lesson that you learned uh, at mommy's knee. A life lesson that I learned. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, I would say that. Um, she didn't share her fondest memory. Uh, well, yeah, well, my fondest memory of mommy would be her laugh. Mommy had that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's my, you can't. You heard mommy laughing, and you knew that was her. Right. That's so, so true. You can hear her from across the room, oh and you hear her laughing, and you just knew that. Oh, there's mommy. I know yeah. who she is. Yep, that's exactly true. That's exactly true. Yeah. But my my fondest memory, and it's something that she actually said to me, is that sometimes mothers do things that um that children don't do. Mm Um. Or she said sometimes sometimes we as mothers, you know, we do things. Yeah, we we'll do things for our children that you know that children. Um, that children well, won't do. Meaning, when I um, she was when she was uh sick, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go. We were we had already planned and booked a trip to Florida to Disney for the kids. Okay, and she was in the hospital, and literally, I told her that you know I didn't want to go. Right, mm-hmm. and she said. Kiana, go ahead. I'll be here when you get back. And I said, Ma, I'm not leaving here with you, you know, not right. doing well. And I said, you wouldn't leave me if I was here and I was sick. Right. And she said, well, and she said, well, that's why, you know, we as mothers, we do things that children don't do. Gotcha. And she said, you know, no, I wouldn't leave, but that's why you go ahead, you have fun, and I'll be here when you get back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, she did. She literally held on until we got back. And yeah, Tanya, she certainly did. Mm-hmm. Tanya was, you know, Tanya's family, we all went off to Disney together. And she actually did. She held on until we got back. And she did. She held on for us. Yeah, so, yeah you know, she did. She waited for I, you guys. And I ever held on to the fact that, you know, sometimes parents will do sacrifices for their children that, you know, aren't always expected, you know, for reciprocity. So mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've taken that in as a life lesson, even though it was something that I, it was a lesson later on in life, but looking back on all the sacrifices that she did make, mm-hmm. it made sense to me after that time, what that meant. So, you know. Okay. Okay, I think that was a I think that was a, a really good um, point, and uh, not only that, I like how you know not only did you 
you know, you had your fondest memory, but through that memory, you also learned a life lesson. So that's important. Yes. That's important. Uh, Tanya, is there um, a life lesson that you wanted to share? Um, I would say, I don't know. There were many life lessons. Um, one of the main, um, major life lessons, I should say, Mm -hmm. was just the, basically the way that she just made sure that we had before she had. So Mm -hmm. I find myself, even with my kids, just making sure that they have more than enough. And then Mm -hmm. even if I have to kind of take a step back or not get something that I really want, I just always make sure that they have. Mm-hmm. so I think that that's yeah. one of yeah that's definitely one of the major life lessons and that, that one I really really that. that one really really stands out too because I know yep. from I know for you know a long time that uh the fact that she always put us before anything that she did Right. That's why it was so important that when we got older and we never even like really talked about it, you know, like let's get together and do this. Not unless we were planning something special, but just in general, I think that we went out of our way as individuals to just spoil her as our mother, you know, because we had watched her do that. And oftentimes, um, you know, I know for me, I felt like sometimes like why didn't why don't you just do this for yourself like you don't have to worry about you know you don't have to worry about me but you know Uh just do that do this for yourself and she just didn't see it that way like she was just very very selfless as an individual Mm -hmm. and always you know thinking of other people and you know like going out of her way like there are people that have told me like you know your mom you know she has slipped me some money sometimes when I was running you know when I was uh you know running short on some bills or you know I wasn't able to do this or that you know or you know your mother really was there for me and you know she was just able to talk to other people and just be there selflessly for not just us but for other people and I could probably say that is certainly a life lesson that I learned just in terms of being there for people being available to people I think also one of the things that like um that really stands out too. And I know that our old neighbors on Kamak Street could definitely testify to this was the time that our neighbor, Miss Lois, her mother um, was gravely ill. And um, this was on, it was just like a spur of the moment. She was standing outside and she was telling mommy that her mother was passing and her mother lived in... um, Mm -hmm. South Carolina. Spartanburg, I I think it is. Spartanburg, yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Her mother lived in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So um, Miss Lois was just telling mommy that, well, my mother's not doing well. I'm going to go to Spartanburg tonight. I just need to get down there. I just got to see her, got to see her. So with that moment, mommy looked at me because Laura was younger. And mommy Mm -hmm. looked at me and told me, that you're going to take her home (laughs) with you and Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a ride with her. I'm going to drive her to South Carolina. So I looked and I'm like, okay. But me just honestly thinking that, not thinking that she was joking, but it was really the spur of the moment because 
we're talking, this was, I'll just throw out a day, maybe like a Wednesday night at 6, at 6 or 7 p.m. Okay. So mm-hmm. at yep. that point, mommy said, well, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to take a nap and then I'll take you. I'll drive you. So Miss Lois was, I mean, like, oh my goodness, are you going to drive me? And she said, yeah, because Miss Lois had just gotten a car. She got the car tuned up. So from that point, mommy went inside. I got Laura some clothes and we went to my house. And then mommy went on inside. She took a nap and she slept probably from 8 p.m. And they got up and they left even around midnight or one Mm -hmm. o'clock several hours later and she got her sleep she got her coffee and they were gone and miss lois talked about that all the time i can't believe that your mother never met my mother and she drove me all the way to spartanburg and i mean she was just so happy and even the neighbors had talked about that and the beautiful thing and my about that drove is, her down there and she caught the bus back. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the beautiful, the beautiful the thing about back. that is that when she took her down there, she literally got her there before her mother passed. Right. Just like in time. moments Just before her mother time. passed. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of reaped the benefits of that because I was living uh, in South Carolina. So after she dropped her off and got some rest, she actually came um, to visit me. I was living in Columbia. Okay at the time so it was really nice to um you know have her with me for a couple days and spend some time with her um but it really you know again it's just another example of her selflessness and how she just you know automatically you know just tried to be there for other people and you know just really wanted to um to be up to be helpful to be of service and I can certainly say, even looking at a life lesson, it um, one of the other things about her is that I recall uh, oftentimes, you know, I'm a little bit more, you know, aggressive in my communication and dealings with people. And mommy was a little bit more laid back. And oftentimes when she and I would have one-on-one discussion, she would say to me, you know, um, you know, you're a Christian, like think about, you know, think about how you should handle that as a Christian, you know, kind of that turn the other cheek type of mentality. And I remember oftentimes I would just be upset because I would be like, you know, why do I have to turn the other cheek? Like, why do I have to, but you, you know, know what though? Think you the know other what? way. What's that? She also took every situation and made it a positive because she said, it's not about how that person acts it's how you respond. Exactly. Uh-huh. So exactly. no one should ever, you know, change who you are because at the end of the day, you they know, it's they a, are right, and it's not, you can't change them. It's all about you, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so I could definitely say that you know, I still carry that with me now, and it has uh-huh. often, it has often been, um, you know, kind of my barometer of how I handle things and how I deal with people. So that is certainly a life lesson, um, that I've taken away some lessons that I've taken away from her. The what other thing, I, come on, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to cut you off for a second, but I've also learned to live, laugh, love, and learn. Yes. Yes. And you have to live your life to the fullest. You have to laugh. And I know you guys get mad at me. I laugh at every single thing. I think everything is funny. But you have to laugh to change the situation. Mm -hmm. You have to 
learn how to take every situation and just move with it. That should not stop you. There's there going to be a million mountains and obstacles and everything else, but it's about you, you know, taking those detours to overcome, mm-hmm. you know, those obstacles and reach a final destination. But and that goes back to that life lesson about not letting something change you, but re- right. remaining who you are. Mm-hmm. Like she said, let go, let go, yeah. let, let mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you want to hear notes? So one of the no. things, one of the things mm-hmm. I want to talk about also is uh, just the coping, um, you know, coping mechanisms or not necessarily necessarily, but just coping with loss. Like, you know, this has been a journey in terms, you know, of how we've coped, uh, not just together collectively, but how we've coped as individuals. I mean, we all were sisters, but we all have. I remember like when mommy first passed, I remember people used to say, oh, but thank God you have your sisters and thank God you have your sisters. And, you know, and not that I don't appreciate you guys and not that, you know, it's not true, but it's just that we also are individuals. So how we cope with the loss is very different. And I also, I remember like in the beginning of the transition that uh, there were times where sometimes I may be upset and I didn't really want to bother you all because you might be in a space where you kind of okay today and I didn't want to come in and like kind of blow it up too. for you, <laughs> you know? Right. So, you know, just that coping piece is 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 you know difficult sometimes um but it's also a learning process you know it's a, it's a, it's a learning process of how you cope it's, uh who who is there anyone who would like to expound on that <laughs> in terms of the way that you cope I yeah mean, yeah just some things that be, okay in the very beginning it um i know that my mood swings were they varied Mm-hmm. It could have been, um, I could have been sad this hour, angry the next hour. So, and even with the the steps of death, mm-hmm. um, going through the different stages, the stages of death, going through the different stages. I think in terms of me, in terms um, of me being in the angry stage, I probably stayed in that stage for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, And it wasn't until recently that I reached from what they say to be the final stage, which Which is is... acceptance. Okay. 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 Yeah. But for me, it took me years to even move past just being angry and just saying, why, why, why? And then the other part to it too, is just that I don't recall people being this open and honest in terms of death in terms mm-hmm. of um of depression until really until COVID because now mm-hmm. it is okay to not be okay right and from the moment that you learn that it's like mm-hmm. ah, it's it's just eye opening <laughs> right right exactly it's exactly really eye opening and then just to even know that it is okay to even have the discussion, just to have the conversation, because I've also had friends that have lost people, but until you're actually there to really hold those conversations and just be open and just be Mm -hmm. transparent, I Mm -hmm. think that that's what also helps. Just to be able to say that, listen, I'm not okay. I'm struggling. Right, right, exactly. I'm struggling and not feel and not feel like someone is judging you or not feel as if you have to put that smile on 
or just being transparently, just being you and being open and just being honest with who you are, just Mm -hmm. to say, my heart hurts. And just to have them say, okay, or just have them say nothing, but just being there for you, just to listen to you, just to console you and not for anybody to say, because this is one thing that I did not like when somebody said that she's in a better place because my response would be, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That's My a big one. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I feel like that place that, was that, here that, with that. me. Right, exactly. Her right. better place was here <laughs> with me. You can't tell <laughs> me that somebody's in a better place. But you know what, too? A place that you've never been. Exactly. How do you know? Another <laughs> thing, too, is people don't realize they like to compare to grandparent, aunt, uncle, whoever else. But in my opinion, it's not the same as your mom. And even if it is your mom, your relationship with your mother is totally different than mine. Yeah, you and know? I think I think that's uh, you know, that's a very important point too, because even though there are state different stages of death, um, there also is the way in which you process things, the way in which you cope with those things. And when someone, you know, losing uh, i had a friend uh recently who talked about uh, i'm sorry a guest on the podcast who recently talked about losing their husband and they also had lost their mother many many years before and they talked about that they were angered when people tried to compare the two and they 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 emphatically stated that losing their mother and their husband were two different levels of pain for them. So they couldn't compare the two. And people do that often. I think people do it a lot of times out of, you know, just like you said, Tanya, a lot of times people don't know, they don't understand, you Uh know, but I feel like too, with the relationship that we all had with our mother, that's one of the things I could certainly say I was marveled by. And I never really took stock and looked and looked at it until after she passed is that she had four daughters and we're so very different. But she had a very deep individual relationship with each one of us. And I'm, you know, there's some things that when we talk, you know, when we laugh and talk that, you know, that we we can compare and, you know, we can also talk about some differences because there's different age, we're, you know, we're different age ranges. So we had her at different times of her life. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I just marveled at was that how she was able to navigate and uniquely have a strong relationship with all four of us and still be who she was and still not make anybody feel cheated, still not make anybody feel slighted, you know, and she was just Mm -hmm. who she was. And I just think that that's, you know, a really beautiful thing. And I think because of that closeness and because of the bonds that we had with her, um, you know, it also indicated and had an impact on the way in which uh, we coped with her loss and, you know, mm-hmm. the way in which we grieved. Right. You know, um, I know for me, uh, I know one of the things, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that in dealing with my grief, uh, I remember feeling overwhelmed a lot of times uh, because I felt a different shift for me, because at that time, I mean, out of the four of us, I'm the only one with no children. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married now, but I wasn't married at the time. So even though uh, she and I, 
you know, lived in separate places, we did a lot of things together based on our interests and things like that. So I immediately felt this weird shift, you know, because she was always kind of my plus one. So I felt this shift. And when she wasn't there, you know, I did have trouble, you know, sleeping and, you know, um, like filling up that, that void, so to speak. And I remember uh, doing exactly what you were saying, Tanya, like when not being able to talk to people or when I did talk to people, people not understanding. And sometimes I would try to put on a brave face for you know just to prove to people and not even that anyone was expecting me to but I just kind of wanted people to think I was okay even when I wasn't okay but I recall going to church one uh I had I had stopped going to church and I remember mm -hmm. going back into the church and for a service and I remember sobbing uncontrollably after the service like I just couldn't stop because it was like the first time I had been there without her Mm -hmm. And it was just, a, it was a different feeling. And cause again, that was something that we all shared with her too. She, she developed us spiritually. We were all mm -hmm. raised in the church, and right. we all, you know, and there were times that we had attended church together. So it was just different. And I remember sobbing and I kept and I said, I, you know, I made it to my car and I was like, Lord, you have to help me. I can't continue to do this. This may have been maybe six maybe four to five months after she passed. Uh -huh. And I was like, Lord, you have to give me some, I, you, you have to help me. I can't continue like this. And immediately, immediately God placed it on my heart to create a group called A Mother's Love Never Dies. And I created that group on Facebook. And it was so, and it was such a, uh, instant thing from God. And I was so excited. I immediately had to open up the group had to start right. the group. So I remember going to, I didn't even go home. Um, I had a friend that lived close to the church. I stopped at her house. I said, I need your computer. I need your computer. And I immediately created the group. Uh -huh. And that was in December of 2013. And that group has been such a blessing because the group is for people like us who can right. come in, share pictures. You know, if you're having a bad day, if you're having a good day, you know, these anniversaries, um, these birthdays, uh -huh. um, even even if just, just whatever mood you're in, whatever stage that you're in. Right. And the group has been just really, really, really a blessing and one of the things I love um, is that the support and the encouragement from the group doesn't just come from me or us it comes from all the members if someone posts something people immediately reach out so listeners if you know anyone who has lost um, their their mom the group again is called a mother's love never dies um, yep. please encourage them if you're someone who needs it it is really a great support system and I feel like that was something that not only that God placed on my heart to do but I feel like it also helped me in terms of coping you right. know it allowed me to put my focus on um I even like all like at one point I had taken such focus off myself in terms of my own grieving that mm -hmm. I just kind of like focused on the people in the group and being an encourager for them. Um, and I remember, I think it was last year for the first time around Mother's Day, I struggled to the point where I couldn't even get out of bed. 
And that was unusual because I had never experienced that before. And I remember uh, getting up enough strength and courage to go onto the group live. And I just kind of shared with everyone, like, this is really, really tough for me this year. And, you know, I'm struggling. And it felt good for me to be transparent because I I had felt like, you know, it just probably felt like a weight was just lifted. Exactly. Exactly. Just being able to express those feelings, just being able to, like I said before, just to be transparent, because a lot of the times we hold it in. um, I don't want to say because we're ashamed, because we're embarrassed. I don't want to say that. But even growing up, um, death is just something that no one really talked about, about how to grieve, the way you grieve and things like that. So I just think that. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm we didn't, words we didn't, right now. No, no, no. But no, I understand exactly what you're trying to say. It's like no one told you how to handle the death. Right. Like in, ch- in church, we learned that when you pass away, you know, they you to go to a better place. You know, you go to heaven, right. hell, whatever, whatever your, you know, whatever you worship. So. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, no one actually ever explained, you know, how you actually cope when those things happen to you. Right. And, you know, and then in our case, it was, you know, things happened kind of suddenly. So that kind of threw us off as well. Um, you know, but I just think that by creating a group like that and being able to encourage others, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that is a big component. And then we also started a group and mommy's name called Sandy's Girls Incorporated. Um, you know, we've been uh, working on creating scholarships for her beloved Benedict College, um, in which, you know, she was an alumni president uh, mm-hmm. for some years. She was very Even- active with Benedict. Um, and we've also uh, been giving away uh, donation Thanksgiving baskets each mm-hmm. year at the school where she was the counselor in the community in which uh, she served a lot of families and people. So we wanted to keep up that tradition. So that's really helped us to, um, you know, kind of develop and and cope in the sense because we're honoring her we're doing the things that she taught us to do which was to give back to other people to be selfless in our actions so it's been really really you know that's been a a blessing that we've been able to do that we want to do more and we're going to you know of course work on that because you know uh you know we lost our mom to uterine cancer and until that time we didn't really know much about it so getting that information out there you know in the future doing you know scheduling uh information sessions and things but you like know it's that. funny what's that um when i was at temple my last semester um my capstone was grant you know the final grant writing proposal and i did it on uterine cancer and you know going through the experience and learning so much about it that's what you know that that was my goal in life when I was in the public health field was just to educate our community or you know even women period in general exactly um, with the signs and especially screen it's very important for us to screen whether it's you know for uterine for um I'm sorry I'm just gyn just a lot yeah it's just a lot mm-hmm. it's just a lot right now I'm just um absorbing um, it all yeah it's yeah fine. it's just just a lot sorry um 
it's just important for us to schedule these visits to make sure we are okay. We have to take care of ourselves. And I just think about mommy just doing so much for everyone else, but mm-hmm. didn't take care of, you know, yeah. not gonna say to, not, I'm not going to say she didn't take care of herself, but it's just that she's so busy doing for so many other people that she didn't, yeah. She didn't make time for herself. Yeah, we, right. She didn't make time for herself. But not only that, I just think too, it's just like a women of a certain age, um, I don't want to say that they don't go to the gynecologist, but that's just one of those things that she would have her yearly exam. She would go to her primary doctor. Right, she would right. get her blood work and things right. done, but she just did not go to the GYN. As she often, just, yeah. I mean, after, yeah. I guess after like the childbearing ages and things like that, like she's had her kids and it's just like, oh no, I'll just go to my primary doctor. And she just did not do that follow-up in terms of going to see the GYN. And then not only that, that was also a time when, um, when in terms of cancer, it was basically thought that cancer ran through your family and even for us when she was diagnosed with cancer we would have never thought in our wildest dreams that she had cancer like where in the where did the cancer come from right because prior to that it was oh well that's in her family so she has a we didn't have anyone in our immediate family that had a diagnosis of cancer so when she was diagnosed, I mean, we were all like, well, like, where the, where the hell, where did that come from? Come from, exactly. Where exactly. Did that come usually, from? usually everyone lives to see 90, 105. Mom was the first one, you know, that, to pay. that young, exactly. And it's so interesting because um, just like you said, we weren't, you know, cancer was not even something. I mean, our grand, her parents, our grandparents lived to be 92 and, yeah, mm-hmm. respectively, you know, so it, it just wasn't something that, um, that we, we had even anticipated or expected. And I remember right. often as a young woman, when I was growing up, I had a lot of, you know, problems in terms of fibroids and you know heavy menstrual periods and things like that and I recall her always saying that you know she had never had those issues so some I remember even once she accompanied me to um a doctor's appointment to kind of like get more understanding because she herself you know even having have had four children had never encountered those types of issues so it was just really one of those things that kind of threw us to the left but one of the things I want to emphasize is that you know women stay on top of your monthly I'm sorry your your annual exams stay on top of if you feel uncomfortable about something you know press your doctor to investigate do more investigation Um, If they don't do that, go to someone else who will get a second opinion. Uh, The other thing is uterine cancer is a very aggressive cancer, Mm -hmm. but if it's caught at the very, very earliest stages, um, you know, it could be some success. So um, in our case, it wasn't that, but being, you know, who uh, mommy was and the type of person that she was, um, you know, I remember one of the things I could say is that um, I always felt like 
she did not know um, how much, um, you know, uh, she never looked, she never did things to get accolades. And I don't think she realized how much she had touched other people and, you know, in ways in which she touched other people. And I just feel like even in her absence that um, a lot of the things that she did still lives on. I mean, there's a tree uh, here in Philadelphia at McKinley Elementary School planted in her honor Mm -hmm. by, you know, by the, the, the students and the teachers there. Um, and the community there uh, really, really, you know, loved her so much and, and really, you know, have been a great source for us. Um, even going to the school, you know, there were times when we've been in the office, we've seen that they still had, you know, her obituary hanging, things like that. I mean, it's just to see her, you know, to know that she... And her elementary school picture that's also painted on top of McKinley's building. Exactly. So just to know there's a piece of her still here, not just within us, but, you know, with other people in other areas that she worked so diligently in, you know, it's, it's, I feel blessed and I feel honored you know uh, which I always have but even more so because her cool and laid-back demeanor about doing things or getting credit for things you know sometimes I used to feel like oh you should you know you should kind of let you know like make yourself stand out more but that just wasn't her way you know that's just not how the way she did things she Mm -hmm. you know she just you know she did it because she wanted to do it and I just feel I remember saying to her um when she was sick that, you know, I wish I could take your place. You know, um, I, I said, so many people need you. I wish I could take your place. And she said, I'm doing this so that you won't have to. So, uh-huh. I, so I want her life to be an example to other people. And, you know, I want us to make sure that we get that information out and that people understand, you know, you know, how important it is, not just breast cancer, not just cervical cancer, which we hear so much about, but uterine cancer as well. So just make sure that you're doing those things, that you're getting those screenings, that you're getting that information. So we have now in her honor, we have two things in her honor now, a mother's love uh, page. um, Mm -hmm. And then we also have, again, Sandy's Girls Incorporated Um, with COVID this year. I don't, you know, we haven't really strategized yet how we're going to do things, but we're certainly still going to be out in the community doing the the, the work that she has taught us to do, the selfless giving that she's taught us to do. We're going to continue that. Um, So one of the other things I wanted to talk about um, is, you know, you guys are all moms and, you know, having had such a great mother, like how has her life or her or the loss of her has, how has it impacted the way that you nurture your own children? Do you think um, being able, I'm sorry. No, go on. Being able to have open conversations and respecting, you know, the you know um having a voice allowing children to have a voice mm-hmm. and not judging based on their different perspectives of perspectives of you know things right and that's that's something that's so that's so interesting because that's one of the things that we could also say that we learned from her too because she never compared us to one another and not mm-hmm. only did she not compare us to one another, I mean, our age ranges are so drastic for those who don't know us. Um, you know, I am uh, <laughs> I am 
19 years older than 19 uh <laughs> yes, yes. Nice. 19 oh, years okay. older than, than Laura. <laughs> and put it this way, guys. And I am 32, <laughs> so you do the math. <laughs> so I mean, she never said to Laura, Oh, I wish you could be like, you know, as smart as this one, or you know, as savvy as that one, or whatever. Like, she never said stuff like that. She always allowed us to be individuals. She one of the things too that was funny, she kind of honored our individuality and our uniqueness. I recall yeah. um, I recall when uh, Kiana might have been like five or a little younger and she got this colorful baseball cap from um, like one of the fast food places were giving out these caps and Kiana got one and it didn't, it was full of flowers and it, I remember like the main color in mm. it was like purple. It was a safari from Wendy's. Yes. It yeah, came and Kiana from the Wendy's Happy Meal. Okay, well, That's Kiana loved from. that hat. She loved <laughs> but, it, and no matter what God she I had on, <laughs> no matter what she had on, mommy would allow her to wear that hat if she wanted to, and it would drive Tanya and I crazy. So, um, but she didn't care what we thought. You know, she was like, if she wants to wear it, let her wear it. So I always liked the fact that she respected our individuality. And even when we came to her to talk about like decisions and things that we were making, even if she didn't agree with them, and even if she wouldn't do the uh -huh. same thing, she was still honor and respect where you were with that. You know, of course, she would drop those little nuggets of wisdom or whatever, but she would right. always still respect what you did. She didn't judge you for it. Or, you know, even if it didn't work out, she didn't come back to you and say, you know, well, you shouldn't have done that or whatever. You know, right. she kind of just went with it. And, you know, although, uh, you know, she was pretty strict during the time Tanya and I were growing up, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I saw a lot of that. Um, I saw her soften and, and I guess it was part of her growth too. Because as right. I said, be with our different age ranges, we got a different part of her at different part times in her life. So, you know, I, I like the fact that um, even when we compare stories sometimes, sometimes one of us, uh, there were some things that she may have done. Because um, I recall a period of time where she used to do like baking breads all the time. You know, mm -hmm. like she would, she would, and that was like right after Kiana was born. Like she used to bake all sorts of breads and stuff. And and Laura, you know, so to speak, may not have that particular memory because she wasn't really baking, you know, anymore uh, by the time she came along. So again, I just like the fact that um, we kind of rolled with her in a way in, in her growth as well as a woman you know as a young woman as a, as a middle-aged woman or whatever but I, I just you know again I can't stress enough like you know her openness uh, her selflessness um, I mean e we even have friends that have relationships individual relationships uh -huh. with her that have nothing to do with us which right. I always thought was so interesting I remember um, coming home from high school and um, oh gosh, I worked yes. during high school. I worked at Woolworths, so sometimes I would come home and my girlfriend Erica would be there. Exactly. With her legs crossed and she, I mean, was just at home. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. At home. I so, think even, yeah. even when we went away to school, remember Erica yeah, said she was saying babysitting. Yep. 
you know, she was a part of the family. I mean, like, it was just, yeah, you know, so it's just so funny how, you know, like, she just had that relationship with people. And even, Mm -hmm. um, even Tynese, who I met much later in life, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember they would go to church together. Yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, she would call, you know, to have conversations with her. Uh, another she friend went to church from, with a lot of our friends. Yeah. Right. And yeah, even uh, one of my friends from college, uh, Hope, I remember Hope would call her and talk to her for hours, you know. So, I mean, she just had that, you know, like I said, she was able to give herself so selflessly, not just to us, but to everyone that she came into contact with. She never, you know, had any type of expectation. You know, I used to right. love how she would give the mailman and the clerk at the Rite Aid a, a gift for Christmas and I stuff know. like that. <laughs> and she would <laughs> well, give the clerk at Rite Aid a gift when I told you, and I told you the. The mailman ended up being uh, my friend's dad. Yeah, my that's part- right. <laughs> God. So wow. see how it goes full circle. It goes there full circle. Go. So you just never know. You just never mm-hmm. know. But you know, again, it was a it's, it's a blessing, and it continues to be a blessing. And these are the things that you know I think about on these tough days when I miss her. I mean, you know, it's coming up seven years next week, and you know, this is always kind of a tough week. But even between the tears, you know, that I could, you know, I could still smile, and we could still laugh and just think about, you know, when Kiana said her laugh. You know, like, I remember <laughs> sometimes mommy laughing so hard, like, tears would come out of her eyes. So, oh, you know, right. and, and sometimes I would be confused, like, wait a minute, is she laughing or is she crying or whatever? You know, uh-huh. and even even those days when uh, I recall even times when, um, you know, when we would uh, get together at her house and like we would you know we would be dancing or performing or singing and how she would just sit there and just watch us and just laugh and shake her head yes exactly exactly yeah um i definitely want to um thank you all for um participating and coming on and sharing with um my listeners uh it has been really really um you know a, a tough conversation but a joyful conversation I hope something that we said has touched someone um, you know again uh, grief is not always easy you know but if you don't have your mom anymore you know treasure those memories do things in her honor Uh, even if it's something as watching her favorite movie listening to her favorite song but just do something to honor your mother every day Um, remember that you are always a representation of her of who she is is um but certainly um you know again this has been a great discussion and i'm so uh thankful and glad that you've joined sipping tea with d for my listeners please leave a message on our message board uh, if you have a story that you'd like to share about your mom let us know how you you know uh what you've taken away from this uh episode um but uh, I would certainly uh, love to hear from you and, and share that information with you. Be sure that you subscribe on the Anchor app. We're also available on Apple as well as Spotify. But this is Deirdre Simmons. Thank you for joining Sippin' Tea with D. And have a great evening. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good night.
Good night. Love you. Good night. Love you. Love you.